Okay, in the book of Ephesians this morning, chapter number five, if you will, please. Ephesians chapter number five. Ephesians five. It's a familiar verse, and stand with me when you find it, Ephesians chapter five in your Bible, and let's read it together. Just one verse of Scripture, but what an important verse. I would hope that everyone would be... um, Very, very familiar with it, even to memorize it. Ephesians 5 and 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Everybody together, let's read it again. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And you may be seated. Question this morning. Are you filled with the Spirit? Are you a Spirit-filled Christian? This verse is pretty clear in its direction here. Be filled with the Spirit. So my question to you is, then, are you a Spirit-filled person? Second question, do you understand what that means? Because there is so much misunderstanding about this. In fact, I think there has been a reaction against the filling of the Holy Spirit because there have been so many excesses in the teaching regarding it. Third question, would you like to be filled with the Spirit? If you answered and said, you know what, honestly, I couldn't answer that first question and say, yes, Pastor, I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God, but would you like to be? Or maybe I should say it like this, wouldn't you like to be? Wouldn't you like to be a Spirit-filled Christian? If you properly understood what the Bible says about I have no doubt, everyone here would say, oh, yes, I really want to do that. Now, I go through my Bible. And I find out that every great character that God used, he or she were filled with the Holy Spirit of God and in a very special way. One of the most outstanding to me is Daniel. It repeatedly talks about his spirit. And then I see Samson, who did mighty miracles, killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. He didn't do that because he had been working out at the fitness center and had a lot of muscles. He did that through a miraculous supernatural power that God enabled him and empowered him with that allowed him to do something that was extraordinarily, that was absolutely supernatural and miraculous. And then I think of John the Baptist, who was the introducer to the Lord Jesus Christ when he came into the world. I think of the first deacons, all of them, six men, and the Bible says they were full of the Holy Ghost. I think of all uh, 12 of the apostles, and on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the the passage says. And I read of Luther and D.L. Moody, who talked so much about the filling of the Holy Spirit in his life. And I see the great way that God used him. I think of Charles Spurgeon. And I could go on and on and on telling you about people 
uh, through Christian history and from the pages of Scripture who were filled with the Holy Spirit, who either the Bible says they were filled with the Spirit or they said they were filled with the Spirit and their lives demonstrated the reality of, in fact, being filled with the Holy Spirit. But most of all, there was Jesus. And people don't think of Jesus as being filled with the Spirit. You can look in your Bible there if you wish. I won't take the time to turn there right now. But in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, in the end of chapter 3, it says that the Holy, uh, that the Holy Spirit came and rested upon Jesus' shoulder at his baptism in the form of a dove in a visible presence. But then what is most interesting, it says that Jesus then went into the wilderness to face the temptation being filled with the Spirit. Not many of us think of Jesus Christ as being a Spirit-filled man, but the Bible teaches it. In fact, it teaches it numerous times. Jesus did what he did on the earth as a absolutely perfectly empowered and spirit-filled individual. You see, when Jesus came to the earth, the book of Philippians says that he laid aside the prerogatives, the privileges, the powers of his deity. And he didn't use them very often. He did two or three times throughout his ministry, perhaps. But most of the time, what Jesus did, he did as an example to us. If he had done what he did in the power of his deity, and if he had used his God-given being to do the things that he did, then you and I would not be able to model that because we're not divine. But he laid aside those things. He laid aside his glory, his, the prerogatives and powers of his deity. And he did what he did on the earth as we can do it, as a spirit-filled individual totally under the control and empowered by Almighty God, the Spirit of God. And he, in his life, he demonstrated why we need the Holy Spirit in our life in a special way. So let's begin by answering that question. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be a Spirit-filled Christian? The word filled is a word that has a lot of different meanings when you begin to think deeply about it and to study it through. For example, we use the word filled. I went up to the gas station and I filled up my tank. And we mean I put a physical liquid into a physical space. That's easy to see. It's all very tangible. I poured my glass full of tea or I filled my coffee cup or whatever. We're it's a very tangible, it's a very easy thing, but it might, it might uh, challenge you a little bit to understand that's not what this is talking about. The Holy Spirit is not a liquid, and my body is not a gas can or a coffee cup. It's talking about something more intangible that, than that, and that's what makes it a little bit challenging to understand. For example, I could say also, uh, if my if my tank is full of gasoline, I can't put anything else in the tank. But you see, when you come to the intangible world or spiritual world, something can be filled with more than one thing. For example, I would say this room right now is filled with light. Now, you, it's also filled with people. And so 
light is an intangible thing. We mean we've driven out the darkness when we fill it with light. Or another way to say it would be our home is filled with laughter during Christmas season. But I also know that my wife wants it filled with furniture and is filled with decorations. And so that's a, a, a more uh, intangible concept, filled with laughter, filled with light, and, and so on. So now we come to the Holy Spirit filling us. And the Holy Spirit, the word spirit, as I've taught you, means the breath of God. It means the air of God. It means a very spiritual concept. And to be filled with the Spirit, for my body to be filled with the Spirit, what does that mean? How does that, how do I really get my hands around that? Well, here's the idea. And I want you to take your pen or pencil right now and circle that word filled. That word filled in Ephesians 5.18. Because I don't want you to ever get confused about it again. And right out there somewhere where you have a little white space, it means to be controlled to be controlled. So you can read that verse and you won't be doing violence at all to the meaning of it. Where the Bible says, be filled with the Spirit, you can say, be controlled by or with the Holy Spirit. The word certainly means that. Let me give you some examples of that. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 3, there's a man and a woman who are in the church there. They're Christians. They sell some land, and they lie about how much they sell it for, and they pretend before the church. They give in the church all the money. And Peter comes and confronts them, and here's what he says, Acts 5 and 3. Why has Satan filled, there's our word, filled your heart to lie? Why has Satan filled your heart to lie? Now, a lie doesn't fill up space like gasoline or coffee or water. A lie is an intangible thing. But he said, your hearts are full of deceit and lying. And if you go to Romans chapter, or pardon me, Acts chapter 13 and verse 45, it says the Jews were filled with envy about the Apostle Paul's response in a certain town. Now, envy is an attitude. It's a spirit, isn't it? It's a spirit of, of enviousness. And Satan filling a person's heart, the previous verse, that's also an intangible thing. That's a spiritual idea. Isn't it interesting we speak about people who Satan has taken over in their life? And we say about them, they are demon-possessed. What do we mean? We mean that the demon owns them. We mean that Satan is in control of them, and they do these bizarre things because they are possessed of a demonic force. Okay, now let's go to, to the teaching on the Holy Spirit. You'll never hear anybody, I've never heard